Thursday, January the 7th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, mayhem in Washington and Democrats take Senate control. First, the world in brief. Supporters of President Donald Trump stormed America's capital, forcing Congress to temporarily halt its certification of Joe Biden's presidential election victory. Before they managed to secure the buildings, overstretched police responded with drawn guns and tear gas as scores of rioters smashed windows and posed in the Senate chamber. A woman was shot and killed. Police and the National Guard from neighboring states were deployed. The mayhem took place after Mr. Trump told fired-up supporters, We will never concede. You don't concede when there's theft involved. He later told them to go home in peace. Twitter, Facebook and Instagram all suspended the president's accounts. Mr. Biden said of the violence, Our democracy is under unprecedented assault. Mitt Romney, a Republican senator, described it as an insurrection. Even stalwart Trump loyalists such as Lindsey Graham said matters had gone too far and that Mr. Biden was lawfully elected. Amid the chaos, the confirmation debate restarted. Several chastened Republican senators said they would no longer object to the election results, among them Kelly Leffler, who yesterday lost her Georgia seat. Ms. Leffler said she could no longer dispute the presidential ballot in good conscience. Even so, six holdout Republicans said they would continue to object to the certification of the vote, among them Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley. The majority of House Republicans voted against accepting Arizona's result. It was certified nonetheless. Meanwhile, in Georgia, Democrats won both seats in the runoff Senate elections, stripping the Republican Party of its control of the upper chamber. The World Health Organization declared that although it recommends both doses of the COVID-19 vaccine developed by Pfizer and BioNTech be administered within 21 to 28 days, countries can spread the shots out by up to six weeks. Britain has delayed some patients' second jab by up to 12 weeks to try to give initial protection to more people. European countries are considering following suit. EU regulators, meanwhile, approved the COVID-19 vaccine developed by Moderna. Kim Jong-un, North Korea's leader, admitted that his economic development plans had failed. Speaking at the country's full-party congress, Mr Kim said that almost all sectors fell short of objectives outlined at the previous congress in 2016. Decades of economic mismanagement and Mr Kim's preoccupation with expensive nuclear weapons have crippled the country's finances. COVID-19 has only worsened matters. In an unusual move, America published the schedule of planned talks with Taiwan, which will start online today. Discussions are expected to focus on development, military cooperation and arms deals. China objects to communication between the two, especially on military and political matters, because such talks undermine its assertion that Taiwan is part of its territory. And the New York Stock Exchange said it would delist China's three largest telecoms firms after all. On Monday, the boss had said it was scrapping an earlier decision to delist China Mobile, China Telecom and China Unicom. Its tail chasing has been caused by an executive order by Donald Trump banning Americans from investing in stocks deemed to have Chinese military ties. 
and Correction. Wednesday's edition of Espresso incorrectly stated that America, like Britain and Europe, is contemplating delaying second doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. American officials are instead debating whether the Moderna vaccine can be administered in two half doses to increase the speed of the rollout. Sorry. And now, here's today's agenda. Flipping the Senate. Democrats in Georgia. Just two months after Georgia gave its electoral votes to a Democratic presidential candidate for the first time since 1992, it flipped its two Senate seats. Raphael Warnock, an African-American preacher at Martin Luther King Jr.'s former church, defeated Kelly Leffler. John Ossoff, a 33-year-old Jewish filmmaker, beat David Perdue. Both lead their defeated rivals by margins that are bigger than the threshold required to trigger a recount. Runoff elections such as these usually favour Republicans, whose voters tend to be older, wealthier and more reliable. But this year, Democrats managed to turn out their base, particularly African Americans. The two wins give Democrats control of the Senate with the thinnest possible majority, ensuring approval for Joe Biden's cabinet and judicial appointments, as well as deal-making power for the chamber's centrists. Ms. Leffler and Mr. Perdue lashed themselves to Donald Trump, and they shared his fate. Conscious Uncoupling – Chinese Stocks Today, FTSE Russell, an index provider based in London, plans to expel Hangzhou Hikvision Digital Technology and Semiconductor Manufacturing International Corps from its FTSE China A50 index. It follows the firm's removal of eight other Chinese stocks from its global benchmark on Monday. FTSE Russell is seeking to adhere to American sanctions that bar investment in Chinese groups that the Trump administration claims receive military backing. S&P Dow Jones Indices and MSCI, two other indices, have also dropped blacklisted Chinese companies. And yesterday, the New York Stock Exchange announced that it would press ahead with plans to delist three state-run firms, China Mobile, China Telecom and China Unicom, despite having decided against it on Monday. The moves cast a pall of uncertainty over Chinese stocks in global markets. Natixis, a bank, noted that cross-border financing has become more difficult, forcing many Chinese tech groups to take up secondary listings in Hong Kong. Face-off. Facebook settles with users in Illinois. Today marks a victory for the people of Illinois over Facebook. A court will approve a $650 million settlement to close a legal battle that has dragged on for more than five years. In 2015, Facebook users in Illinois filed a class-action lawsuit against the social network for violating the state's Biometric Information Privacy Act. The suit alleged that Facebook's use of facial recognition technology to identify people in photographs without users' consent breached the privacy law. Facebook agreed to settle last year, but a federal judge approved the deal only after the firm upped its offer by $100 million. The Midwestern state is the least of the social network's legal troubles. It has been the subject of an estimated 400 court cases in the past five years, and last month the federal government and 48 local attorneys general hit it with a whopper in the form of two antitrust cases that call for the company to be broken up. Unhappy New Year, Japan and COVID-19 
Suga Yoshihide, Japan's Prime Minister, is expected to declare a state of emergency in Tokyo and three surrounding prefectures today to combat a growing outbreak of COVID-19. The country's daily case tally hit a new high of more than 6,000 on Wednesday, including a record 1,591 in Tokyo. The state of emergency will be Japan's second following a nationwide declaration last spring. Japan's constitution prevents the government from imposing a strict lockdown, but residents largely complied with stay-at-home requests last time. Mr Suga has pushed the diets to approve a bill giving the government authority to impose fines on businesses. Officials are likely to ask restaurants to close and people to stay indoors after 8pm. Schools will be allowed to remain open. But experts worry that the measures may be insufficient, and relief in the form of vaccines is a long way off. Japan is expected to begin inoculations only in late February. Out for the Conte, Italy's government wobbles. Not even a pandemic can stop infighting in Italian politics. The left populist coalition of Giuseppe Conte, the Prime Minister, risks collapse by the weekend, and all because of a party that polls at around 3%. Italia Viva, led by a former Prime Minister, Matteo Renzi, is demanding Mr Conte relinquish control of the intelligence services and upend Italy's plans for spending its share of the EU's Covid recovery fund. Mr Renzi's party has enough lawmakers to strip the government of its majority. It also has two ministers threatening to resign at a cabinet meeting that could be held as early as this evening. Few lawmakers want an election, not least because a recent parliamentary reform means that the number of MPs will be cut by one-third after the next vote. But the crisis could lead to a reshuffle giving Italia Viva more clout. Or a cabinet without Mr Conte, by far Italy's most popular politician. Finally, here's the quote of the day from E.L. Doctorow, who was born on this day in 1931. What most people think of as history is its end product, myth. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.